No. Of course your health is serious. The reason I did this was to make people take the right thing seriously and give you tools to see what you know isn't going to help you. A lot of people stand to profit off you taking the wrong things really seriously. So I'm just trying to cut through those narratives. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Health for Fitness podcast. Welcome to season two. If you are new here, I wanted to say thank you for joining us. I know a lot of you are here from Morning Chalk Up, so that was the coolest thing ever to see. If you enjoy what we have to say here today, we have launched Norwotic Online, and this is the only place that you're going to get three workout choices every single day. You're going to get access to coaches. You're going to get scaling for ability, for equipment. You're going to get an online community. You'll get an app, and it's all for $27 a month. So me and my lovely guest today are running that program. And if you would like more information, the link to join will be below in the show notes. Today, I am sitting here with head coach of Norwatic CrossFit, my personal love of my life, and seriously, one of the most intelligent people when it comes to strength, conditioning, CrossFit, pretty much any modality you can think of. He knows how to get you to your goals, unlike anybody else I've ever seen. Today, we want to kind of break down different things that we see the most often. Please welcome Rob Miliacho. Hello, beautiful. We need a soundboard. Howdy. First thing we wanted to cover that I think we both get a lot of questions about is strength versus hypertrophy. And hypertrophy, if you are unsure, is literally just adding actual size to your muscle. So adding on muscle mass. So strength versus hypertrophy. What is the biggest thing with this that you see as the disconnect? Why are people confused about this? People probably assume that their causation, not correlation or whatever, like they think that they can just do bicep curls to failure and look at not only bigger from bicep curls to failure, but also stronger. And that only really works when you don't work out and then you start working out because your baseline is essentially having neither. So you do see results pretty quickly in both. And then people assume that strength is also related to size because the most famous version of strength that you see on TV is strongman. And I mean, most of those guys are well over 300 pounds, some of them well over 400 pounds. So it's, I mean, it's a pretty logical connection to make. You're like, oh, I saw a guy deadlift like a thousand pounds and he was like 400 pounds. Yeah, I think that's true. I also think what you mentioned about being a beginner when you are seeing massive strength improvements and you're probably seeing your muscle mass increase pretty rapidly just because you're new, your body's adapting so quickly. And because of that, everybody goes through that quote unquote newbie gains phase. And then that sort of stops being the reality. And once you are a little bit more trained, it's a bit more difficult to do not only both at once, but do it as easily as you once had. What point does that sort of turn around for most people? Is that a year into training? Does it depend on time and frequency? What's your take? I have to answer it. It depends. It's like the the answer that (laughs) I'm contractually obligated to give. Yeah, it really depends on how seriously someone's taking it and what their lifestyle factors are like. And if a person is doing lots of manual labor or they have before, or if they have a training age, it's just not all in sequence. Like if someone trained for 20 years, then had kids and then came back to training, like it's going to be very different than if someone's never lifted weights or worked out in any capacity. I mean, we hear it all the time and you hear it a lot with nutrition stuff like, oh, I want to get stronger, but I don't want to get bulky. And people like don't get that they're kind of two different adaptations. It's not necessarily held by coaches, especially coaches who tend to be like pretty good coaches, but like to sound smart. We'll talk about how like everyone wants to quote the same line from their textbook that they 
they had in college of more tissue that will have like a larger cross-sectional area and be able to contract more. So, so yeah, I mean, obviously someone who's 300 pounds and 5% body fat is probably going to be stronger than someone who's 140 pounds and 5% body fat, but it's not exactly what the person who's bringing that up cares about. Like we're not talking about the best power lifter in the super heavyweight class versus the best power lifter who's in the 140 class. Like we're, they're talking about being able to carry their groceries from their car without gaining 10 or 15 pounds. I come to you, I say, Rob, I just want to get strong, but I really don't want to put on any size. I don't want to put on any weight. Maybe I'm in a weight class where I have to stay at a certain weight. What is the training method like for that? Yeah. I mean, a lot of times it's ignored in the CrossFit world because people who tend to do CrossFit really like volume or they really like the perceived difficulty you get from doing higher volume or from doing conditioning work, which is do ones, threes, and fives, like do compound lifts and do sets of anything basically under seven or eight reps and like you get really into strength people get obsessed with doing five by five and 531 is an entire program built off of this. You just repeat weights and somehow progress them based on whatever makes the most sense for you. Like some people have too much of an ego or they don't have enough technical development to do singles that are heavy enough to elicit a response. Other people have been doing this for a really long time and they could do whatever. You could do a dozen singles at 80% plus the next week. If you did 14, that'd be better. And if the week after that, you know what I'm saying? Like week after week, if you add two or three singles at the exact same percentage, if you want to be strong you have to move heavy things and heavy is relative too often people want to do more not heavy enough and that's the other thing about strength is it's neurological so like you could go into that session and get 10 hours of sleep the night before and like access your trust fund and not have to worry about like any adult stressors and you might be able to do like 10 or 12 singles at that weight range or like you could be somebody who didn't sleep well or you have a big project at work and like getting three singles in at that weight range is going to be really really hard but both from the way that that workout was planned are going to be fine. Like you're going to progress either way. Yeah. I think that's probably something that I've mentioned that I haven't done nearly good enough of a job of explaining is when we say neurological adaptation, say something insane happened to you, right? Like you are almost in a car accident or you are in a car accident or God forbid something very, very acutely stressful happens to you. And then you feel really tired the rest of the day. That is your central nervous system and your response as a human, that fight or flight thing that happens to us. You might not have, you know, exerted yourself super hard or physically or whatever within this event, but because it is such a strain on that neurological aspect of being a human, you're exhausted after that. And I think that that's why people will look at strength workouts and training specifically for strength and they'll say, oh, well, it's only, you know, 35 reps for the whole day or something to that effect. And then they're wiped out after and they're not exactly sure why, but that's what we mean. It is no longer playing on just your physical muscle fibers. It's also an adaptation that takes place at a level that you may not need nearly as many reps to elicit that response. And it's going to be a lot heavier, which plays on your neurological adaptation. And that's what we mean by that. It's not just that you're physically fatigued from the reps. It's a centralized response. And if you have anything to add to that, I tend to say it's hardware versus software. 
like strength is a software update and then hypertrophy is more of a hardware update and obviously it's not these aren't like toggled on or off like if you do bench press and you do a strength based bench press cycle yeah you you'll probably gain some muscle mass from it but it's not going to be the same as if you do like a 10 by 10 based like pec or tricep exercise for several weeks it's what are they more likely to do and what are they going to do for people who are more trained there's also is it worth it? It's like the thing about strength is sometimes it's hard to explain how neurological adaptations take place, but it's really helpful to give an example of just people's everyday life. A lot of people would rather do strength work it's because everyone wants to be able to perceive these things in the easiest way possible. Like, you know, conditioning was hard because at some point you can't keep your same pace. Um, it's kind of the same thing with strength. If I told you to do whatever, three sets with a certain weight and the next week you gotta do five sets with that same weight and it's very, very heavy, um, but you could take infinite rest in between at some point you'll stop being able to stand it up or like the speed of that goes way down. And an even easier explanation is, would you rather do a deadlift one rep max after sleeping a full night of sleep and on the weekend, or would you rather do it after a work day on a Wednesday or a Thursday? Like you don't necessarily do anything incredibly physically demanding if you work in an office or something, yet you're still tired. Like you're still fatigued just from your day. All other things considered, say like you're, you're well-fed, you're not that stressed out. You just go into it having made all the decisions you make throughout your regular day and like dealing with whatever just happens. It's much easier to do these things, say after a slow influencer style morning, and then you go and work out and then you like take a break. Right. Let's go to the other side of that. Right. So like, I don't really care what my one rep max is or what the most I'll ever squat is or whatever. It's the person that just wants to go into the gym and they're like, I want to get huge. Like I want to get as jacked as I possibly can. That person's programming is going to look a lot different and it's going to be much higher rep. And can you explain to me why is it that the strength side of things, 35 to 40 reps total in a workout is totally exhausting and totally enough. And then that changes. Why does that change? Yeah. It doesn't make you feel systemically tired because it's a local issue like doing bicep curls with 30 seconds rest with 60 seconds rest or doing them with a tempo on both concentric and ease like that's all locally fatiguing like it's not incredibly hard on your brain to bicep curl like it's not a big thing for you to have to be able to do bicep curls and then take a 30 second break and then do whatever maybe you're doing a tricep thing on the other end of that like it's not the same as if you ask your body to pick up three four five six hundred pounds on a deadlift or a squat it's much much less work for your body overall and again it's you're intentionally isolating tissue so like if you're doing a bicep curl hopefully you're not using your quads too much like so it's not a thing that should blow out your entire body in the way that a really heavy compound lift or the way like uh, any sort of strongman event intentionally does right when people are training to get a lot bigger and the classic is like the eight to ten reps and you do the three to five sets or whatever it is. And that adds up so much more, but you have to remember that you're not doing three by 10 bicep curls at your one rep max bicep curl. <laughs> it's a lot yeah. different to do something when it's a lot 
quote unquote lighter, it's all relative, lighter to you for many more reps, you're playing on the physical muscle itself. And it's not going to be systemic, it's not going to kind of affect the rest of how your body's especially hormonal function is responding. It's your body now has to go repair that bicep. And that's what's going to make it bigger. I do want to definitely touch on that briefly is that you can do these things. And if you are not recovering, you will not get the result that you're looking to get if you do not take care of the recovery because the muscle is not built or the strength is not had in the initial workout. It's not created within your 10 bicep curls. It's not actively building your muscle. What it's doing is it's breaking down your muscle a little bit. And it's forcing that muscle to say, okay, now I need to be able to do three by 10 bicep curl or whatever it is. Think of it super simplistically as your body coming back and filling all the little micro tears that you created in your workout and patching them up with your food, your sleep, your all of those things. And then that's what makes it bigger. And there is sort of a play with this. Yes, you can, if you're a beginner, get away with a lot more. You can get away with some things sometimes that somebody else doing the exact same thing, maybe they can't get away with as easily. And they're going to get those responses without sleeping 10 hours or whatever it is, the recovery portion of it. What does that look like as far as if I want to recover from strength, if I want to recover from gaining mass, is there a big difference within that like there is with training or are those pretty much the same? Yeah, they're totally different. And um, the guys at Juggernaut and the guys at RP talk about this a lot because it's very much misunderstood. I try to explain it to people in terms of trying to be intuitive and try and feel how these things feel. Uh, as an example, like anybody who's played youth sports or played like anything where you play tournaments, like you can play multiple games a day of field sport as long as you like take a break in between and have something to eat or drink like you just you'll probably drink like a sports drink and like lay down with your friends for whatever it is like an hour or two then you can play again it's kind of the same thing with conditioning like I know that they're not the same thing, but when you talk about strength recovery and adaptation, there's they all have different responses. When you get really, really good at strength training and you'll hear about guys and gals who are like world record holders, they might do a deadlift day once every 10, 14 days when they're peaking. And it's because it's so hard that they're not going to get the results and the response that they want from their deadlift day. Say if they did deadlift Monday, Wednesday, Friday, like somebody who's brand new, like somebody who's brand new might be able to deadlift two or three times a week. Somebody who's pulling whatever, like three or four times their body weight is not going to do that multiple times a week. And it's the opposite, like with bodybuilding stuff, your goal is to increase the amount of time under tension, the amount of work that you're getting done. So you obviously, like you're saying, you have to have a period of time where it can recover, but you don't carry muscle soreness for two full weeks unless something is pretty much dramatically wrong. So you might be able to do like back and buys on Monday and then again on Friday or Saturday. And then obviously things that are bigger, like, yeah, you might actually make your legs sore for a full week if you go crazy with really, really challenging or really, really high volume leg exercises. You can kind of feel these things. And then on the contrary, if it doesn't create soreness or doesn't really cost any sort of neurological stress, people can ride their bike all day and people can ride their bike or you can walk. Like it's very popular. Walking is very trendy in fitness right now, which is ironic, but you can, you can take a hundred thousand steps in one day. If you wanted to, you're probably not going to do a hundred thousand of basically anything else. Yeah. Let's sort of wrap this with, okay, I love it. Thanks guys. But I don't really care about like the explanation of it. Three things I want to get strong. What do I do? And three things 
I want to build muscle, what do I do? Yeah, I mean, strength, step one is finding out where you're at, like finding out where you're actually at. That's literally the most important thing because people will go off of like their lifetime PR or they'll just assume they can do things even though they've never done them before. So find a rep max that is not technically challenging for you and base whatever progression you're going to do off of that. Uh, step two is understand that you're going to make most of your progress in working in the 75 to 85% range. Um, if you do more days where you, your minimum number keeps climbing up, like if you are able to squat 200 pounds every single time you squat, rather than being like, yeah, in 2014, I squatted this weight and like, it was so awesome, but I haven't done more than 90 ish percent of that since then. Like no one really cares and it doesn't really actually affect your current strength levels. That's kind of why I have beef with people following templates they find online. Cause most of them are really popular because they're based on peaking templates that somebody they thought was really cool did like a couple times. Understand that if you want to build lifelong strength, it's probably going to take more than six to 12 weeks. And that's just life. Like you, you'd rather work on it again in the 75 to 85% stressor, like all training should basically occur there so that you can do that week after week for a couple of years. Cause the person who works on squats once or twice a week for two to four years is pretty much always stronger than the person who does 12 weeks of squats once a year. I mean, that's like the strength stuff. The other strength thing is understand that neurological adaptation literally costs brain power. So if you're doing really, really tough strength sessions, you might not like want to be taking whatever really hard test if you're a student like that same day, you really, you probably don't want to go into like meetings or even talk to people you care about after because you're going to be pretty wiped. Uh, it's not uncommon to see strength athletes that are really into taking naps or like eating lots of sugar because it helps your brain feel like it can work again or like THC products in strength athletes tend to go hand in hand. Like you're creating neurological stress. How are you going to relieve neurological stress? Like those things just happen. Yeah, that was great. That was really great. Now I don't really care how I get there. I don't really care the ins and outs of the science. I want to get freaking huge. Like I want to get fucking stacked out of my mind. I don't care how strong I am. What are the three biggest things I got to pay attention to? Yeah, you have to know, again, you kind of have to have a baseline. You have to know how much volume you can handle. And then bodybuilding, people pick on bodybuilding because the training is the easiest. The movements tend to be lower skill. It's not exactly rocket science. You like, if I did three sets of 10 the first week, if I do four sets of 10 the next week, or like four sets of seven or eight, right? With the same exact weight, you're doing more work the next session. You just have to do more work or spend more time under tension. So just, if you're doing a bicep curl, instead of doing more bicep curls, just do them slower, or you have to get right. the you have to get your muscles used to literally doing more. So again, having a baseline, having a progression system and for bodybuilding, it's mostly like linear progressions work totally fine. You just get used to doing more work. And then you have to eat protein because muscle isn't magic. Our central nervous system is kind of like magic. If you sleep and don't feel that stressed, you'll probably make neurological adaptations. It doesn't require a specific amount of fuel. When you're trying to build tissue unless you're somebody who has very little muscle mass to begin with, you're going to want to provide the materials essentially to do that. Right. And I always say on here, I think the simplest way to put it with any sort of muscle mass is you have to think back almost anything in nutrition and fitness and anything 
anything, just think back to caveman times and like you'll pretty much have your answer. Muscle is use it or lose it in the sense of there's no need for your body to support muscle mass. Muscle costs your body a lot of calories to maintain. So if you're no longer using it or you're no longer feeding it, it's going to go away because it's hard for your body to support excess muscle mass. This doesn't necessarily go if you're new and you don't have a lot of muscle mass to begin with, um, just like Rob said, but you have to think, why would your body want to support something that is more expensive, quote unquote, calorie wise, if you are not one using it, aka continuing consistent strength or continuing consistent training and consistent stimulus by hitting the gym and hitting that program or feeding it. So if you're not hitting your protein or you're in a super low deficit, it's the number one thing I see, unfortunately, with women who want to build their butt. They're like, I want my butt to be massive. And if you're already sort of in the realm of strength training, and you aren't a brand new human being, you're not going to put massive size on while also trying to lose weight and eating as little as possible. You need to support it. You need to give your body the support for it. So I love that. That was great. There's two things you made me think of just now too. It's like when you're talking about looking for real life examples, I mean, people always talk about old man strength. Like it's a hilarious adage from our culture. Like a lot of people know that dads and grandpas can be pretty strong. And my favorite grandpas are the ones that are like very adamant about the fact that they have one good punch left in them. It's true. Like there are people in homes that would knock you clean out because they have a certain amount of strength left over and neurological adaptations take longer. Like people don't typically magically squat triple body weight. Like it's an accident. It's just like, that's something that people might spend decades trying to do. It's just, it takes a little bit of time. Whereas as you're saying with tissue, like it can happen a bit faster. Again, it's not super fast, especially it's relative to what you're putting in, what kind of work you're doing, but it's something that's much more fluid. You don't see a lot of people again in that same demographic like nursing home bound individuals that are super super muscular like they can be muscular relative to their age but i mean there's biological factors of course too even regardless of their activity status there aren't that many bodybuilder senior citizens and that's why it's always cool when you do see them yeah absolutely yeah this has been awesome so thank you so much robert thank you all so much for listening so any information to see the gym to see our online program anything like that it will all be in the show notes and until next time i'll I'll see you then. Bye guys.